Hello and good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 138. It's just me on my own this evening. We will be doing a short pod. It's not going to be like your longer pods, which we've had over the last couple of weeks where we've been recapping two games over one podcast. Uh, we will be reviewing into three, Roma one. The run is over. Sadly, the run is over. The run of 12 unbeaten games is over. Uh, with me tonight... I've got an Inter fan. I've got an Inter fan and uh, I've got Nima Tavelli. How are you, Nima? I'm good, Scott. Good to be with you. Um, how's things with you? I'm all good. We were going to do a preview pod on Friday, but yeah. um, something <laughs> happened to yourself yeah, and it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit, that, that was one of the most stressful, weird days ever. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Me and Imran were waiting. Sadly, Imran was going to join us tonight, but something came up. He messaged me on WhatsApp early this afternoon and he, he did apologise and I uh, hope everything's okay with him. Um, Nemo, I wanted to start a little bit about yourself. You, uh, you're very vocal on Twitter and you're probably one of the funniest and best Twitter accounts to follow. You do make my day when I, when I sometimes wake up in the morning and go through Twitter. We've had some some interesting conversations on there about stuff as well uh i just yeah. wanted to talk about uh yourself um how long you've been an inter fan uh, what about about the italian football podcast which is an absolute essential listen with, with carlo and john uh yeah. that is a really good podcast to listen to and also sempreinter.com well sempreinter i started in pretty much exactly 10 years ago february 2012 um, and it was the whole idea was to build a platform, a news site in English for in, for Inter fans all over the world. Um, that's pretty much what it was, and always wanted to do that because there's there's nothing out there like remotely like that for non-Italian speaking Inter fans. So that, I started that in 2012. Uh, the Italian football podcast was because I was I wanted to talk about other things other than you know and cover Italian football as well. Mm. Um, not just Inter. So, and John approached me and he felt the same way because he's got obviously Roma press. So he wanted to do that. And then we approached uh, Carlo and, and we said, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he, he pretty much started goal.com uh, and was their head of features. For oh Nintendo. my God. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so he, so, you know, he'd let, he, he'd, he'd left that, that position and we we're like, let's do a podcast together. Let's do a proper Italian football podcast the way we want it to do it. Uh, you know, have a review show every Monday and, and then speak to people in an, you know, previous players, current players, presidents, um, it just people connected to Italian football from, you know, we've had like boxing, you know, Joe Calzaghi and Pauli Malinaggi on. They're huge Calcio fans. We've had Aldo Zilli, the chef, uh, mm. who's also a big Azzurri fan. Um, so, you know, just people, you know, just, just talk to interesting people in the world of Calcio. You also have had, uh, I think I've listened to a couple recently. I think m one of my favorite ones is, uh, he's playing in Australia at the moment. It's, uh, Mr. Diamante. That was one of yeah, my Alessandro favorites. Diamante. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. Diamante was really fun. He's, he's such a, he's such a rock star in his vibe. Like he just turns up and is just like this cool guy. Like he's, he's so cool. Um, so no, we've had some really good fun, fun, fun guests. I mean, we, you know, Nocerino, Giuseppe Rossi. We had uh, Destiny Udoggi, mm. who scored today for Udinese. We, we had Dimitris Nicolaou, who plays for Spezia. Um, you know, so we, we, we had Gerard Delofeo a bit earlier on the season. So, yeah, 
we've had some we had Sven on twice Sven, the, on. F- the Sven episodes were very good as, along with Roy Hodgson Roy Hodgson's got an absolute wealth of experience in football and a lot yeah. wealthy knowledge of the game as well yeah it felt really I mean that was uh, that was one of those things that was like I was really proud to be able to do that because Roy has been in the game for such a long time he's such a fantastic character and, and he's so knowledgeable so you know, I really enjoyed uh, that as well it was uh, Jay Bothroyd was really fun yeah, as well that was a good one that was a, a yeah. very good lesson I'm gonna add Natalie Sawyer so she used to work for Sky yeah. and she used to do the football league over here so the EFL so the 72 yeah. teams outside the Premier League and I've seen her at games as well. She's a Brentford fan and yeah. me being a Swindon fan, Swindon and Brentford have had a, a bit of history with playoffs and oh. she covered a, a couple of Swindon games. She's actually walked past me while I've been in the stand. I'm like, oh my God, that's Natalie. I was like, I'm too scared to say hello or she's too busy. <laughs> but no, it was a very good, a very good listen. I, I do recommend people to subscribe to the podcast. It, it does. It's a very easy listen. Um, if you're on Patreon, do subscribe. It does go by and i think you've done over 200 podcasts isn't it? yeah we're in number 213 on monday and then that doesn't even count all the extra things extra we do. pods like yeah yeah we do like reaction podcast to games or to like big events and and all that stuff so yeah no it's um it's uh yeah we we, we love doing it and and we're really grateful for all the support from yourself and everyone else so so thank you for that. And, and, and no, it's, it's, it's just, it's pretty much, this is what, I, this is, it's kind of what I, the three of us always wanted to cover the game, cover Italian football like this. And so we're happy that we're able to do it this way. You've got an Inter fan, an AS Roma fan and a Juventus fan. What could yeah. possibly go wrong? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we, but that's the thing though. Um, well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see, but like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, we, we're all, we all know, I mean, we, yes, we are fans, but we're also journalists and yeah. we don't, we don't try to like, none of us hides the fact that we're, we support the teams we do, we do, but the, the most important thing, I think, I think this thing about in journalism that I, this, this pretentious nonsense that they, they're objective, no human being on earth in any sub, in any, in any circumstance is objective. Uh, everyone is subjective in some way. The, the, what matters is not objectivity for me. It's, it's being honest about mm. what you see, whether or not you like the facts or not is, is, is secondary. That what's important is what's factual and what's true. Um, and, 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 and that's, that, that's the same thing we try to do here. We, we keep it honest, you know, even if we disagree, we have an honest disagreement, but, um, and, and we are fans and, and we are, we do love our clubs and support our clubs, but, but you know, we're not, we don't worship them. I mean, for example, Carlo is very vocal about how much he dislikes Max Allegri and how he wants to leave Juve and how he thinks that's the wrong decision for Juve. Um, I was, uh, you know, I was very, I was very vocal about how skeptical I was about Conte, how Conte and how he would, um, you know, how he would fit into Inter and all the problems he created when he was at Inter. And then obviously Conte changed going into the second season after the, the after the pandemic or during the pandemic and lockdowns and whatnot. So, um, and, and, and he adapted. I didn't think he would. And now he's back to being his, his old self at Spurs and, and, and ripping, burning the house down pretty much. Um, Could be at PSG soon. If you, if you yes. never know. Yes, and hopefully, I, I hope it happens because I I want to see 
I want to see Lionel Messi being played as a wing back on the left and Conte screaming at him to track back. <laughs> that I, I just want the world to burn. <laughs> so with Neymar be on the right and Messi on the left and whoever. No, Hakim, Hakimi would be on the right. Okay, yeah. he, he loves Hakimi, but but he would play Messi in a, in a wing back role. And given that Messi essentially has not ran on a football pitch more than he's jogged for the last three years, it's going to be very interesting to see how that works. Yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, there would, uh, That's via Le Parisien, which has come out, what, about half hour ago? Yeah. Saying that um, Pochettino could, or literally is going to be replaced by um, Mr. Antonio Conte, who Tottenham side drew Neil and at Brentford yesterday. But before we digress, should we get into the meat and bones of yesterday? Yes, let's. Oh, I, in honesty, I, I thought the run, Roma's run would end at Inter. I thought, as Roma played well at Napoli on Easter Monday, I thought, because Inter and Napoli are two different sides at the moment. As we saw today, Napoli's mentality is shot at the moment, and it looks like they're going into Retiro. Uh, which is that? Which their their social media account tweeted out today. Um, I think Fiorentina broke them. Roma may have broke them even further, and Empoli have just pushed them over the edge. And I thought Roma might struggle at Inter yesterday. The game finished three one. Um, second half was damage limitations after Rome uh, Inter went three 0 up. But I don't know if uh, if you would agree with me. But do you think it was a bit suicidal that? Jose went in with a midfield two of Mkhitaryan and um, Sergio Oliveira because Brian Cristante was, for me, a big miss. I know it's a shock for us Roma fans to say it's because he's one of the main scapegoats in the last couple of years since his move from Atalanta. His, his, um, him missing the game was quite essential because it looked like at times that Inter overran Roma in the midfield after... Inter scored because Roma did pretty well for 20 25 minutes, but no, I, I think Roma did outstandingly yeah. well for the first 20 minutes. Um, they pressed into really high up the pitch, the midfield, Inter's midfield couldn't really get into into the rhythm. They struggled positionally. Um, Skriniar and especially Skriniar had was targeted, um, by Mourinho as uh, over, overloading that flank. Um, and Dumfries obviously is, is a much more attacking player. And so he had to drop deeper. Now, Inter, they, they, they caused Inter problems. Um, the problem is that, that, that Roma don't have that continuity in depth. It's, it's a brand new project and, mm. and it's going to take time for this to kind of settle. And I think it's gone really, really well. I think no one in their right mind could, yes, I understand it's a bad result, but at the end of the day, I think this is on anyone who expected Roma to finish top four was deluded. I'm sorry, the, the the squad is just not good enough for top four this season. I think fifth is where I had them. Um, I I did as well. Yeah, so so I think for them to 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 be where they are, where is pretty much where we you know where where most of us would have them, is 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 okay. Um, and also, it's a new project and it's a new Mourinho as well. It's not 
the old Mourinho that walks in and has that Matt Midas touch. It's a new Mourinho who's trying to reinvent himself. And he's trying to do so with a group of young players who haven't really won anything in their lives. And he's trying to build an identity for his own football and also also this new Roma. Um, and I think, it, and what I really like about it is that it's kind of coming together. He's found a way to communicate with these players. Um, I've always believed that his biggest reason for his downfall was that his he couldn't use his biggest strength. And his biggest strength is not tactical. It's his ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't communicate with a generation that followed after Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Drogba and Terry and Lampard. He couldn't get on well. He couldn't communicate. He couldn't reach the Balotelli and Pogba generation. You know, the the the, the Luke Shaw and, and these guys, he just couldn't communicate with them. They didn't understand him and he didn't understand them. And now he's reinvented himself and he's he's talking it seems you know with Tammy's got a fantastic relationship uh with 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 you know he started you know sulking and 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 fighting with the kumbulas and mancinis but now they've also sort of kind of started to understand him pellegrini's been his lampard this year he's been great which is good for roma because roma have a history of always having a roman player be the focal point of the project be the captain be the unifying force so you know i think it's all coming together and i really think i mean if we look at the, the how roma attack for expected goals and chances created they're like one of the top teams in the Serie A. um i think what what the only thing that and this game kind of showed that is the cynicism and 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 killer instinct that that comes with teams that are used to winning titles um and this team doesn't really have that i think you're 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 one or two years away from mm. competing at that level and and i think Mourinho, i mean yesterday i mean after mancini missed that header i felt like okay well then this this can actually go into his way um and it's um for me it's um look i i uh, it's it's also how you concede that first goal that inter scored was textbook simone inzaghi football this one touch passes vertical not vertical horizontal passing straight through the middle um by creating triangles numerical advantages in triangles and passing the ball quickly one touch football but doing so and stretching te- stretching um, your opponent. Um, and, and the way they did it, it was within, I mean, it literally went Handanovic, Di Marco, Perisic, Lautaro, Dzeko, Chalanoglu, Dumfries, one touch, the second touch back of the net. Nine seconds, I think I counted it to. I mean, that that is Simone Inzaghi. That's his football to a T when it works. And for Inter to score the goal, opening goal in that way, was a huge, huge blow to Roma because they got ripped apart there. They got really exposed. And and that is a very, you know, and that comes after they've played really well. That was psychologically a very difficult thing for them to to deal with, uh, I think. And I think it feels like, it felt like after that, Inter just completely took over, dominated. Roma's heads fell. They, they were a little <clears throat> discombobulated. They didn't really know where they were. You know, and, and that's what you get from a team that doesn't have that routine. The heads did drop. I noticed it after what Mancini, that Mancini head. I was like, oh, he should have scored that. I even said that, shouted at my TV. And then, as you said, Dumfries, uh, I thought he, he timed that really well because Zaleski pushed forward a little bit, then pushed back, and then 
Dumfries timed the run and the finish was exquisite. And then you had the second goal from Brozovic and it was what, 40 minutes in? It was 2-0 yeah. down. Half time was five minutes away. That's when you saw the heads sort of drop and then Inter made it 3-0 in the second half. A comical defending from the goal because Smalling and the Banyas collided with each other. And um, yeah. yeah, and there was, they said there was a foul. Who pushed... Someone said there was a uh, could have been a push on Pellegrini, but it was sort of weak defending. And then yeah. it was three. It was it Lautaro Martinez. Was it yeah, Martinez? Lautaro, yeah, yeah, Lautaro scored the third. Scored the third. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's for me. It's like uh, I look at that and I'm like, and 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 to me, the game is really won by the way Inter scored that opening goal. Yeah, agreed. Um, because the way they, it was just, it was it was just the way they did it, and it came at such a point after. Roma's really good spell because before that Inter struggled and then out of nothing that came about and I mean that again if you look at that goal if you dissect the movement of that goal tactically that's peak Simone Inzaghi football um, and Inter can do that at any given moment and that what that's what's so difficult to play Inter you can outplay them um, but and overrun them in midfield but if you don't make your chances pay then then they do something like that and then you're wondering what the hell just happened but and 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 I think Mourinho got it spot on, where he's basically saying that look, we, you know, this is the Inter. This is why Inter are going to win the Serie A um, because they, you know, if you don't cap it, even if you do score on them, they can always do this to you. Mm. And and the way they did it, I don't think Roma were poorly positionally placed. It's just that Inzaghi plays that the kind of football Inzaghi plays and creating these triangles. You can't. You have to be. You have to be switched on all the time. You have to watch so that they, they can't do those one-touch passes because because they're, they're very mobile and dynamic. It's not like they're standing still. It's like it's like it's like one of those moments where six six different movements all happen in one, and the ball goes like a string between them. Um, against Roma, that's the most beautiful team goal I've seen to score. Um, but. Uh, but but still, it's it's a difficult game and it's a learning curve, I think, for Roma, because I think Roma are are one of the most exciting teams in the Serie A to watch. They play some really interesting football. Um, I think they it's a very young side. The key players are very young, um, and they and and I mean players like Mancini. They've struggled a little bit at at Roma. Uh, Kumbula hasn't really gotten a fair shake. Uh, you know, it's not. I, I believe in all of these guys, and I think this Smalling. Kumbula Mancini three back three is is the way to go, and if you get Spinazzola back to a decent form with Karasdorp, you know that that's that's a very good back back three with two wing backs. You need you what you you need to have better midfielders. You need to have more depth. Uh, you, you know when Brian Cristante is your best regista, then then that pretty much sums up where you are and why you're there where you are, why you find yourself where you do. Because with all due respect to Cristante, he's not a world beater, nor will he ever be one. He's a good player. He absolutely can do a job for Roma. But for him to be the the, the central focal, focal point of a Roma that hopes to win the Scudetto and finish in the top four, not going to happen. Agreed. At least he's not playing centre back this season. Actually, which is also back. insane. Which is also yeah. insane. Why yeah. would you play him there? I can't think of anyone who's less, uh, uh, you know, suitable to play in that position. I think because against teams who play a very high line, which happened in Europe quite a lot last season, and which Fonseca did himself, he was quite good bringing the ball up. 
bringing the ball out from the fence, sorry, and playing the diagonal balls to either Spinazzola or Karstov. And it worked quite, it was pretty effective from time to time. But Cristante struggled against physical strikers last season. So like you do Van Zappeters and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I don't mind Cristante. I'm probably one of his, his fans. I think there is, I think he can be quite adaptive to Roma, but I can see why other fans of Roma don't like him that much. He's quite slow, but he does have a good eye for a pass. But I felt that Roma missed him yesterday. Um, but that's by the by. Um, I do agree what you said that it Roma is still a work in progress. I tweeted out it's not the the worst result in the world. It's one defeat out of twelve. Roma have got to play Leicester, Bologna, Leicester again, and Fiorentina in the next. 10 12 days so and also they've got Venezia and Torino to end the season they could be in a European final at the end of May that's the most important thing that Mm. I was going to say look Roma have never won a European trophy Mm. it is way more important for Roma to win a trophy to to get something that at the end of the season we've got silverware to show for it even if it's not the biggest trophy or the most important one it's still a European trophy it's still breaking that duck it's still writing club history and it's still creating a winning culture which is the most difficult thing to create um and 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 that is what Mourinho will be pushing and pressing at and pressing for because that's what he is. He wants to win. He's a winner. That's all he cares about. So so I, I think the most and also winning that final guarantees you a spot in the Europa League anyway. Mm. Um, uh, you know, makes you seeded even. So so I think that's the most important thing. I I really hope that Roma win that trophy and I hope that um, he that Roma. Because it's it's important for Roma as a club to get that as a as a confirmation that, that they're on to something here. Because I really do think they are, and I and I think playing a team like Leicester, which is a club in the Premier League, Mourinho will be fired up every time he you know he knows that the England will be paying attention and he wants to prove everyone wrong um, for for the way that he was you know left England after United and Spurs and so on. So. Um, no, I, 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 I give. I think that's the that's the main thing there for Roma, uh, to to win to win that. I wouldn't really care about the rest because if you win that, you're in the you're in the Europa League next season. You get a summer. You got you got a trophy. You end the season on a high. You you know you continue to invest and rebuild in the squad. You you get rid of players you don't want, and then you have a proper full preseason after a proper holiday. Because I mean, let's remember it's been a very you know congested fixture list because because of everything that happened last season and this season and everything in between so so the players are exhausted um and then you had a european championships in the middle of all that thankfully this summer doesn't have that so they they get to actually rest the you know proper pre-season and you know Mourinho's teams the second year is when they get you know when they when they were really fire on all cylinders the only downside for next season, everything stops for what six weeks because of the World Cup. Yeah. That's the only thing that I'm not looking forward to next season. But I completely agree. Like um, this season was always going to be about progress. Um, yeah. We've on here we've been critical because some of the performances hasn't been great. We I think some of us may have expected things straight away. But when you spend close to a hundred million euros, it may not be all up front. We I think some of us are like quite thick one want success straight away but it takes time and it took what five months for Roma to see the real Roma yeah. under Mourinho yeah and it, it's bound to do that because I mean 
Look, people just talk. I mean, even when Man City spent, how much how much money didn't they spend until they finally won the Premier League? A couple of I mean, million euros. Yeah, and it took a couple of few years. You know, they, you know, they had Jeco Balotelli and Sergio Aguero as their strikers. That was what they were choosing from when they when they won the Premier League for the first time. So you're not, you know, I understand people say, oh, you spent this much, you can ask for more. But no, you can't because you're, you're, there are other teams and you have an op- opponent to take into consideration who are further ahead in their squad building than Roma were. So, you know, you, you, people stare blind at how much you've spent. Well, that's great. Um, but you also have to remember where Juve, Inter, Milan and Napoli mm. and, and Fiorentina and Lazio and all these other teams, where are they in their projects? Um, and all that stuff. So, so I think it's a, it's a little bit, um, yeah. I think it's a little bit. Yes, you. Keep, I'm not saying you shouldn't ask for and or had to have demands and expectations. Of course, you should, but I don't think you should like lose your your minds over it like that. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I just wanted to ask a couple of questions on on the second half yesterday. Do you think the way that Inter played the game out in second half, if Roma may have scored a little bit earlier. Do you reckon it could have caused a little bit more problems? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, like that. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I, I honestly think that had they scored, it would have put Inter on, under pressure. It would have asked more questions out of out of out of uh, of Inter. Um, but. Uh, because the game was kind of hanging in the balance there, but after they and after they scored that goal, it was it felt like the the air went out of Roma a little bit. Because then after that, Inter just dominated, completely mm-hmm. dominated the midfield, and then they scored the second, and then that was it. Yeah, then the third come in, and then Mkhitaryan scored right near the end, and it was like, okay, Roma started well for about twenty twenty five minutes, and then they ended the game well because. Inzaghi made his subs. It, Inter were trying to see the game out, and it was like it was a, a little bit too hesitant and too comfortable right near the end. But I think the result was fair because Inter dominated the game after they scored. And just as you said earlier, it was like Roma, they didn't play too badly at times, but they come against a team who was very clinical and they scored at the right time. And it was they put the game to bed. And this is what Inter's been doing. Like they did that under under Conte, and now they're doing it under Inzaghi. And now, as you can see, Inter are in this Scudetto run, which is now a two horse race. It was a three horse race, but now it's two. And I think me and you have said on social media, it's going to go down to week thirty eight, isn't it? It's going to go to the last kick. I think so. I think so. I I don't. A lot of people are saying, "Oh no, Inter are going to run away with it and win it with five points." I don't see that. Um. I, I, I really don't see that. I, I think this is going to the wire. How's your confidence going into it? <laughs> um, I, I am fairly calm. I mean, I'm not calm. I don't, but I, I, look, Inter are the favourites. There's no doubt that Inter are the favourites. Um, but it's not. It's not a foregone conclusion. I think there's no. There's no. There's no. There's no. Like there's no. There's no guarantees here. Um, and uh, I, I, I really think that this is um, 
that that you have to stay stay focused. I mean, you have to remember Inter have got Sampdoria and Cagliari left, and that's those are two teams that are battling for to avoid relegation now with today's results with Salernitana and Genoa winning, which was the absolute worst thing that could have happened from an Inter perspective. You're playing against two teams that are fighting for survival. One of which is coached by a guy who you sacked a few years ago, Walter Mazzarri. So, you know, it's go, it's it's going, it's not going to be easy for Inter. Um, I think for me, the most important thing now, and Inter understand, is Bologna and Udinese have got nothing to play for. Win those two games, and you're in a very good position because M- Milan, uh, who are the main candidates to, you know, there, it's between Inter and Milan. They play Lazio now, then Fiorentina, and then Hellas Verona. And then they and then they end with Atalanta and Sassuolo. So you could, you know, you want to have a bit of a cushion because Inter have the Coppa Italia final against Juventus as well. So, you know, it's it's far from a foregone conclusion. But I would be lying if I didn't say that Inter are the favourites now. Feasibly, that AC Milan have the toughest run in. Um, yeah, they, do. they, they do. completely do. It's like deep down inside I'm thinking the race for fourth is still not over but it is over it's but over, it's yeah over, it's, over. it's over yeah it's over I mean Juve or Napoli are gonna yeah. mean, now with, with this loss today uh, Napoli I mean if, if Juve win today um, uh, this tomorrow isn't it against oh, tomorrow yes yeah, so yeah. they play yeah. Sassuolo tomorrow if they win they're within a point behind Napoli that's scary that's, that's so and Napoli have had it in their own hands but yeah yeah like the race for fifth is is interesting. It's holding up. So is the relegation. So like Roma and fifth. Like they got Fiorentina behind who lost at Salernitana. They want Milan to do a job tonight because Lazio. Fiorentina have got Udinese on Wednesday because that's their game in hand. Because I think that was called off. Was it in January due to COVID? Mm. It's going to be tense, horrible. Nails are going to be bitten. Oh God, yeah, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> Anxiety is going to be high. It's like Roma have got Bologna next week. They've got the, the two Leicester games and then they've got Fiorentina, which is on Monday. The, I think it's the ninth. That's going to be massive. And then they've got Venezia and Torino. But yeah, it's going to go down to the wires. We we both said for, I reckon for fourth, fifth, maybe sixth, and then title race. It's just, Serie A has been really interesting to watch this season. It's been chaotic and I'm all for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just up and down the, up and down the table um, is, is, is chaotic from the relegation race to, to the, to the what do you call it from the relegation race to the to the scudetto race and mm-hmm. the top I mean the top four is decided but but the scudetto race is very much on and the relegation race I mean all three are within are, are within range now um, I still think Venezia will finish last I think Salern I actually starting to think that Salernitana can make it now yeah because they play Venezia on Wednesday I yeah. think I think. If they win that, yeah. then then uh, you know, and they're on a three, they're on a three three, wins, three win yeah. run, yeah. And and today against uh, today against um, Fiorentina, Fiorentina, they were. I mean, the way they played, it was just they were a pain in the ass to. Yeah, I mean, for Fiorentina, they didn't give him a second. Well, you did have a coach on the touchline throwing his shoes. Dust, which just. is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um, <laughs> David and Nicola throwing, not you know, not throwing once, but repeatedly Twice. throwing his shoes at the ground when frustrated with his player, taking off his shoes and throwing them, 
and then putting them on again, ranting a bit, then taking them off again and throwing. I mean, it was it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Uh, before we wrap this up, because I think both of us will want to watch Lazio Milan because that's yeah. going to be a compelling battle. I do think Sampdoria could be dragged into this. Into oh, this they way. are. I think yeah. Spezia as well. I think Spezia, Sampdoria, who we thought were safe. I think the, the from Spezia downwards, it's six teams in three places. Spezia who thought mm. they were safe. I understand that you know they've got thirty three and it's twenty five and that's eight points and four games left. But look. Look, if 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 Salernitana win, um, and then we have the, the next weekend, we've got Atalanta. You know, they, they Salernitana play Atalanta away. That's going to be tough. Spezia play Lazio. You know, I don't know. It's in the Juventus Venezia. So you're expecting those, and then you have Sampdoria Genoa next weekend. I mean, yeah, next Saturday. Yeah. So so I mean, it's I still think it's anything on. Of course, Spezia have the best chance to stay out of it, but I wouldn't entirely say that they're on safe ground just yet. I think they need a, at least two points to be feel safe. But Sampdoria for sure. Sampdoria, Cagliari, Salernitana, Genoa. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. If fans of Serie A, please watch on the final, what, four weeks of the season because it's going to be very compelling to watch. Um, Nima, thank you very much for joining me on this Sunday evening. I know this episode, whoever... For people who do listen to the Magicast, we do go in depth on Roman's performance, but we've gone a little bit different tonight because we're talking a little bit of Serie A. Other teams are playing yeah. playing around us. Like we both support teams who are they're in a fight, and it's going to be interesting to see at the at the end of the season. But guys, you can follow us at lamagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on on the website. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, so your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean etc etc Nima before I let you go um, do you have anything to plug like your socials and your, your podcast yeah. and your websites yeah I mean if you want to inter news in English is sempreinter.com you want to follow me on Twitter it's at Nima Tav R-O-O-D Nima Tav Rude and then the Italian football podcast at Itafootpod or patreon.com slash TIFP three quid a month uh, and you get everything pretty much it's probably the probably the easiest three pound i've spent oh, <laughs> thanks, mate. i really appreciate that really appreciate the support it was it was a no-brainer like that's a cup of coffee and probably <laughs> a, a newspaper in my local tesco's over here in the uk but yeah it's the easiest three pound i've spent i listened to quite a few podcasts on patreon so like the spanish football podcast yourselves i've got john's roma press podcast on oh, yeah. patreon uh i actually as as I actually predicted Roma to finish fifth on his podcast when he had me on in after the Fiorentina game. So we're in the right position. So hopefully, yeah. Um, Nima, uh, we've got 15 minutes until the Milan Lazio game. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been My an pleasure. absolute pre- pleasure. Um, likewise. Yeah. Um, guys, we'll probably have something for the Leicester game on Thursday night or Friday afternoon. Or Friday afternoon. I'll probably, I'll probably be still working on Friday afternoon. Sorry, Friday evening. Or if not, we might do a longer pod um, reviewing both that game and then the Bologna game next weekend but thank you for joining me Nima enjoy your rest of your weekend enjoy the rest of the football for for tonight and tomorrow and uh, ciao